everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday show where I am trying to switch. There we go. Hello, everybody. I'm James Chen. And I'm Ultra David. So happy to be here. Sorry I'm late, everybody. There was a little bit of traffic on the way over to <laughs> Ultra Chen HQ today. You know, I just don't expect it, right? At this point, after having been in quarantine for so long, I'm used to there not being much traffic, so I've sort of planned my times around that. But Yeah, I know, right? Maybe we're getting used to things again and there's a little bit more traffic so anyway that held me up ultimately i got here as you can see <laughs> in person yes exactly how's it going high five it's high going five. all right high, high five. five indeed there you yes, go yes sir there you and go we nailed it for sure there you go. oh uh, dang that sound was really delayed i'm not sure why but you know yeah i'm not really sure what to make of that but oh well you know what are you gonna do so there's a ton to talk about today such as well, we'll talk about code of conduct stuff. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna do like five five matchup viewer questions, which we got some good ones, so that's kind of cool. I mean, look, we haven't done five five matchup in a long, long, long time, so it's actually kind of neat to get back to it. So that's correct. We're gonna bloviate about this Topanga tier list in Street Fighter Five, I guess. And then there's assorted other FGC related news, community stuff, game stuff. Honestly, there's not a lot to talk about this week, especially yeah. in the sort of shadow of the last few weeks when, well, you know how, it was a tough week, and there was a lot to talk about last week, and now this week in sort of the, like I said, in the shadow of that, not as much going on, but I do think maybe if we you know, get started on this, I do think that this is a great time to begin talking about m sort of the more constructive aspect of how to move forward. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, this is this is kind of the way it works, right? The more, like I said, discomfort builds growth. And although the past few weeks have been very uncomfortable, uh, I hopefully this does lead to growth and, you know, processes are being put into place to try to improve things as we speak. One of them being this code of conduct that, you know, uh, that people have been talking about. Exactly right. Exactly right. We did briefly address this last week when we talked about all of the terrible news of abuse in the FGC. You know, just real terrible stuff that's gone on and how part of moving forward has to be, we, I think, both thought that there needs to be a little bit more serious take on our conduct and how we handle ourselves and, mm -hmm. and even how we govern ourselves. So, yeah. right, over the past maybe week and a half, there have been discussions in a few discords and other parts of the internet about making a code of conduct for the fighting game community. Um, that's stuff that, you know, I didn't, I didn't start, but I'm involved in, in a couple of ways. Okay. Um, so, there, for example, is a big Discord uh, that I think like 600 people are in. Um, That's crazy. That is, <laughs> it's, it's almost all tournament organizers. Well, it's like an organizer's Discord. Oh, okay, and, okay, okay. You know, they, they sort of put out the request saying like, hey, if anybody wants to join, we're going to be talking about this stuff. Huge lot of people wanted to join and talk about it. And, and so that is what's been happening. And... The idea is to create a form of overarching structure mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. a written code of conduct 
so that we can all sort of be on the same page in the FGC. Now, there's, you know, a, a, a tremendous amount of variance of opinion. There's a lot of variation when it comes to local rules, local laws. You know, people are involved in this from all over the world because okay. the fighting game community is all over the world. And so for many of us, there's different laws that apply. So I, I don't know how much of a sort of grand structure there can be, but it's extremely important, I think, to have these conversations. Yeah, I mean, it's just, to me, it's the, when you say 600, that's very surprising because do you think 600 people, I mean, I'm assuming most of them are probably not saying anything, right? Because that's just by nature. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, look, it's like anything else that you join, right? So you, you join up, most people are like, mildly interested or they kind of their interest begins to wane right some people end up remaining interested and right. even over the past like week right some people haven't been on on there as much some people haven't been um as engaged and sure yeah i mean it, i think that's very natural to to expect that sort of trend of ending up with fewer people involved but uh, look it's hard even even as people in the chat are saying as k is saying it's hard to really get a structure, get much agreement when you have 600 people. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. difficult, difficult thing. But that said, this is the kind of thing that I think we all think is important enough that it's vital to have a whole bunch of different perspectives and yeah, thoughts. Yeah, of course. You know, of course. We, we cannot have the same people who, who have been in charge just remain in charge many of them are great people and I, and I hope that they do remain in charge but we can't only have them right? there needs to be other people uh, we need to learn from what happened before we can't just keep doing things the same different TOs, different people in different places have different thoughts about how to do stuff so I think all those perspectives are really valuable and even if people don't end up contributing consistently it's still I think a really good idea yeah. to, to sort of take temperatures from a whole bunch of different people yeah, I'm I'm just curious like once it finally has to start coming down in writing. Well, I mean, we'll get into whether or not, you know, obviously there's debate on whether it should be, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but, for sure, um, for sure. But uh, you know, if it does get to that point, you know, how is that even going to be processed, I wonder? Is it just going to be one a couple of people try writing it and then everybody reads it and tries to approve of it or, you know, add suggestions? And like you said, laws are very different depending on the country. Do we do a code of conduct specific to each country that they can tweak however they see fit? You know, it's, right. it's a very tricky situation. Yeah, just in general, what we're talking about is the idea of having a code of conduct in the fighting game community. One that right. can be more or less applied across many different tournaments. And I think the need for that, maybe let's start there, is to me clear based on how things have gone down. So I've always really prized the fact that the FGC is kind of open and, and we're decentralized and each tournament's run differently and we're sort of hands off on people. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do as long as you're not like literally breaking the law. That didn't work, it turns out. I mean, it, it worked. I had a great time. I've always had a great time. I'm lucky in that respect. And way too many people have not had good times. Instead, mm -hmm. the FTC has been a place where abuse was allowed to grow, was allowed to be rampant, especially in some sub-communities, but every sub-community has had it. Right. And nobody's gotten off without, without doing that. Um, it's been everywhere. And so I think personally, 
that shows the need for us to take this more seriously. If we were to continue doing things the way that we've been doing, I think that we wouldn't have learned the big lesson of all of these uh, terrible allegations that have come out, which is that people haven't been safe. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it goes beyond even just, you know, uh, misogyny and uh, and racism and such. I mean, I, I've heard stories, and, and again, like, I'm not even sure what to do about these things. Like, I've had people come up and tell me that their community is terrible, that, you know, they've tried to just go there and hang out, and they've been attacked repeatedly for basically no reason, and been attacked personally. But, you know, I don't know the side, the both sides of the story kind of thing, and I'm not sure how much I should jump into local, you know, kind of... Uh, handling mm-hmm. of this kind of situation because i really i really have nothing to do with it you know yeah and, and and you know obviously these locals don't have any reason to follow any sort of overarching code of conduct either but having something in place and trying to set an example and just you know bringing attention to the fact that a lot of times people can feel unsafe and letting people know that you know there is a course of action you know that you can kind of sort of take i think is better than nothing i think it's better than nothing too and what i want as well is in enough overlap between various places and how the code of of conduct works that somebody can you know go to their locals or they can go to a major across the country and they can be reasonably sure that they're going to be treated the same way that they can have not the same experience right Each, each tournament should remain different uh, in, in some fundamental ways, I think. But as far as their safety, I think that that's not something that should vary. I think that's right. something that they should be you know, able to depend on uh, being protected regardless of where they go. And having a code of conduct, as, well, maybe sort of a sort of general overarching structure to at least some degree, right. is nice because it, it allows there to be this sort of cohesive take, even if maybe there are some differences in how local areas or major TOs uh, end up doing some of the, you know, actual controlling of situations. For there to be mostly a crossover, I think is important, and for there to be, kind of a sharing of who the problem characters are, I think is a mm. is a big thing too. So like, I don't want it to be the case that somebody could be doing real bad stuff in their local area, get kicked out, and then go to the locals in the other area, right? Because there's sometimes not a lot of of discussion between a local TO and another local TO, right? Especially if it's not something that blows up and sort of in a, in a bigger scene-wide thing. So I, I want there to be some dependability as people travel around. And many of us will do that. You know, almost nobody plays at only one tournament. Right. Even if you're not somebody who travels internationally or anything, you may go to a local for most of the year and then maybe there's a major in your area, right? Or maybe you drive somewhere. Like, I think a lot of us do do that sort of stuff, at least when we're able to. Right. And, you know, so I do want to have some some sort of crossover like that. Yeah, and just having a code of conduct. If you are a new TO and you want to start something new, you've already got a basis yeah. to go off of and everything like that. And, and so you know, it's always it's it's good that way. And you know, like you said earlier on, we we've always been kind of anti-governmental, you know, body of government yeah. kind of thing and central government kind of thing. But this is different, right? Because you know, central government. I always thought was also like, hey, you know, we get to determine whether a game is three out of five or two out of three, you know, Uh these kind of things like that. As long as the rules are focused on community and have nothing to do with the individual games, Mm 
I think I, I, it's, it's kind of a, a, an aspect of a governing body that I hadn't thought about before. You know, for me, governing body had always been something a little more controlling than that. But, you know, just having yep. it be able to apply to the community aspect that, you know, is created by the community. As long as that code of conduct is not influenced by any of the companies, you know, and, you know, the one good thing about having 600 people, you know, maybe not necessarily 600, but still, you know, having a lot of people is that, you know, you will have people of all different backgrounds, not just of, you know, uh, you know, uh, cultural backgrounds, but also game culture backgrounds, be able to point out, you know, if something yeah. is unfair to one particular scene or something, so. Totally, yeah, yeah. I think it's nobody's intention as far as i could tell for this to make it so that like every tournament is governed in the same way or, or is is structured the same way has all the same rules has the same feeling i don't think anybody wants that right the, the people who are involved in this are not like some outside folks so but to it to me it is, it is not the same at all um as maybe like a riot situation where it really is riot hard to say they're outside but they're they're very much in control of the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Very very yeah, much, yeah. and the same for Blizzard. Very very much in control of the ecosystem for the games that they have esports leagues for. That's not really the same idea, I think, for here. I think this is more like the Super Smash Brothers code of conduct, which mm -hmm. is something that we've talked about in the past. And you know, I guess we'll we can talk a little bit about how maybe that went astray. Well, how it's not been sort of treated terribly well, I think, by some people. Um, but that idea of having a code of conduct that different TOs agree to, not necessarily because it's like, agree to this, or mm -hmm. you won't get Street Fighter in your tournament, or whatever. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, exactly. Holding it over, but because it's important for all of us to have a scene that is fun and exciting and right. safe. And that is a benefit to everybody. You know, I don't think. I don't think that that's something that uh, people are against, right? So well, I, I definitely think that it's more about just maintaining safety. It, it, I mean, look, you do have to, if you're going to do that, you have to create some sort of enforcement body. So it's not going to be just uh, a set of suggestions if there's going to be any teeth in this. And I think we need teeth based on how things have right. gone. And another thing, too. Some sort of committee that can make a decision and maybe they back up what a local TO decides to do or maybe they handle stuff separately from the local TO or maybe mm -hmm. in addition to or instead of in some cases maybe right. I do think that you need to at least have that sort of committee that's capable right. of enforcing some decisions yeah and not only reporting right all that sort of stuff right and not only that but just having a group of people that who can make those decisions like oh you know, this person said something terrible. Let's ban him from everything at once instead of having it be like, we ban him. Oh, shoot, maybe we should ban him too, you yeah. know, kind of thing. But then also another point too is that, you know, this is not some sort of 1984 dystopian, like, hey, we're going to control everybody and monitor everybody kind of yeah. craziness. I mean, if you're going to think of a code of conduct in that way, I mean, look, you've signed so many code of conducts that you probably have no idea that you've signed, you know, like, 
everything comes with code of conduct. Your job comes with a code of conduct, right? I mean, you have sure. literal trainings that teach you not to be a jerk to other people, right? This is not some sort of crazy, weird, dystopian, revolutionary kind of thing that, you know, I see some people are trying to make it out to be. This is just to make sure people can actually behave and be nice to each other. And it's supposed to be designed in a way that it allows more people to enjoy. Because, again, I talked about this last week. It's people are all trying to paint this as a negative thing. Like a code of conduct tells you what you can't do. No, a code of conduct makes it so that more people can enjoy what it is that we do because then there's responsibility and there's repercussions to be held for those people who do things terrible to other people, you know? Yeah, exactly. And keep in mind, the idea of a code of conduct is not new. Many tournaments have had codes of conduct. All the pro tours have codes of conduct. Right. I know because I've helped write some of them. Th these are not new things. What's new, I think, instead is is taking it more seriously, taking those codes of conduct more seriously and kind of squashing them all into the same document, right? So that everybody's is basically the same mm -hmm. so that you can be, so that there can be consistent decisions. It, but it's not new. This is something that we have definitely had. And so if that's, for example, why like Capcom has banned some people, it's why occasionally you'll see like ECT ban somebody or Combo Rick or ban somebody. Like there are codes it's just that they have been piecemeal. And mm -hmm. some codes of conduct cover some stuff, and some don't cover that stuff, and different people are interpreting it differently. And so you're right to point out as well that there's been this dogpiling phenomenon where it feels like people are just getting pounced on because you know one tournament organizer will say that they banned somebody. And then there's no idea what to do if you're the other tournament organizers you know do, do you follow in their footsteps do you not it's entirely up to you of course and if you then do decide to follow in that tournament's footsteps mm -hmm. now you're the second person on the pile right okay, i don't want my tournament now you're the third person on the pile so you end up getting this feeling of like wow everybody's going after this this person even if it's justified that's right. not something that is well i don't think anybody appreciates that right that doesn't sort of help the idea that we're all trying to be um consistent about stuff it's the best that we have right now, so it's what people are doing, but I think much better would be if we had a true consistency in decision-making, which I think is something that can be done with a code of conduct committee. Yeah, yeah. And Yeah, oh, and, and look, um, it is certainly nobody's intention in the FGC. Again, these are all FGC folks who, who are trying to make this kind of stuff happen. Um, none of us want to get rid of pop-offs, right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's like... I, I think it, it, seems, it seems so strange to me that people would link those two, right? For me, a pop-off is something that's not related to whether you are safe or not. I mean, people get violent, but they get violent in any situation, right? It's not just pop-off. So I, yeah. I don't, for, for me, getting excited is not the same at all. Uh, yeah. And I, I would not support a code of conduct that said that getting hype was some kind of violation. And I don't think anybody else in the FGC would support right, that kind of right. stuff either. Yeah, I mean, most people are aware, you know, a lot of it is, you know, physical and, and then, of course, you know, just sexual abuse is a whole nother category, uh, you know, beyond yeah, pop-offs. That's what we're worried about, right? We're, we're worried about sexual abuse, we're worried about assault, 
We're worried about uh, right. doing stuff with minors, right? There's just a ton of terrible news that's been coming out, and that's what we are worried about. That's right. the kind of stuff that we're trying to to deal with here. Um, a pop off is not something that's related. I don't feel that pop offs are like physical confrontations inherently. They right. can become physical confrontations, but like anything can. Right. So yeah. I, I don't. I mean, a conversation be, can become a physical issue. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the context and who's involved and how they're doing things. So I, to me, I don't see a pop off as being like a physical confrontation inherently. Right. But it can be. And to the extent that a pop-off like turns into a fight, obviously I don't, yeah, that's not a pop-off anymore. Now you have gone into the area <laughs> of this is a physical altercation right. that we're not going to allow that, right? Uh, and, and I feel like that kind of stuff is pretty easily differentiated between. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely one of those situations where I think, you know, people are going to try to make it more... I guess insidious than it actually is. Now, obviously, none of us want to have a situation where everything we do is monitored and, you know, we all have to, like, walk around, you know, being all... I mean, but what? even, like, like you go to a tennis match and they'll replay a match over again if someone yells in the middle of a match. You know, you go to Wimbledon. Really? Yeah, and Wimbledon, you have to... Like, all the players have to wear white. You know, like, you can't wear any really? other colors. Yeah. Wimbledon is super strict. If you watch Wimbledon, the tennis players are always wearing white and stuff. But, yeah, like, if people are playing a tennis match and someone yells during a crucial part, like, someone in the audience yells, they will replay the point. Like, they're... Like somebody starts going, <laughs> like, in a high fighting game match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, stuff like that would ha will happen. And, again, like I said, like... Which I do not want to change. <laughs> if you agree to... Go to Disneyland, you know, you, you're basically signing a code of conduct not to, you know, attack anybody else in the park, you know? Like, yeah, codes of conduct are pretty common, and yeah. as folks in the chat are discussing, they need to be in addition to the law for a couple of reasons. One is that if it's just what the law is, um, then it's missing a bunch of stuff that makes people feel unsafe. Right. Right. The law is uh -huh. not just about what makes people feel unsafe or unsafe. It's, in some ways, not primarily about that. People, I mean, part of it is dealing with whether people feel safe, but that's not necessarily the goal of the mm. law, right? Whereas it is the goal of this code of conduct. So there's stuff that could be considered um, threatening or, or an attack. Somebody gets outed, right, uh, in a way that they um, that makes them feel for their safety, right? That's not illegal but it also is something that we do not want to have in the scene right so there's examples of things that are not actually illegal that we nevertheless don't want to have in a scene if we're going to feel uh, positive about it and in addition to that um there's sort of a feeling of limitation in just having the law itself it's not up to you then right it's not up to I, i'm a voter right we can all vote but that's the a very limited control over right. what the law is and in this instance we can have more control right we can we can tailor it a little bit better and when different parts of the country or the world vary in terms of how they deal with something um we can have it more or less uniform right from from our right. take and then even beyond that 
the idea of just relying on the law means that you're relying on law enforcement. And while there are certainly places in the world, and maybe even in the country, where calling the police doesn't feel like a danger, there are places in this country and in other parts of the world where calling the police makes people feel less safe, (laughs) not more safe. I mean, really. So I I think there's all these reasons why you don't want to have the code of conduct just be the law. I think it needs to be more than that. Yeah. You know, again, it's just... The thing is, I mean, like I said, the good thing about having 600 people, obviously not actually 600 people, but, you know, to have so many people in that is that it does prevent any sort of small group of people from trying to turn this thing into their favor, right? And, you know, you're going to have to try to trust a lot of the people that are involved in this thing. For example, I would naturally like to believe that Rick is one of the, you know, uh, stronger voices in there, and I trust him a lot. Now, does that mean he's faultless and guiltless you know he's going to be the first person to tell you that he's far from perfect or anything like that but that's just the thing is then the goal is that the you know if the people coming up with the code of context start to do stuff that gets to the point where it is really shady you know the hope is that somebody would call them out and bring it to the public in the forefront and you know get that kind of thing resolved and it's 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 not a it's not a great situation but neither is just lawless anarchy that we've we've kind of just been running around with right now at this point like i said i was in favor of it before i i kind of preferred having every tournament do things themselves and do things their own ways and everything like that but clearly with all the stories that have come out you know i mean you look at the, the 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 reddit posts that just keep track of all the sexual you know allegations and stuff like that and these are gigantic lists and this is kind of what that has produced and uh, do we want that? I mean, obviously, no. I don't think anybody who's against the code of contact would even say, like, that's fine. You know, let it happen because that's the world. You know, like, I don't think that... I think most people would agree that's not a good thing. And we've got to do what we can to try to curb it, you know, as best as we can. So so I don't want to make it seem like this one Discord is the only, the only uh, group of people that are trying to make this happen. Right. Um, I have heard of a few, so it this is not. There's no single body, right? There's no nobody's the president of the FGC who gets to be like, all right, this is the one that we're all going to do. Instead, this is this is uh, politics, right. you know. Ultimately, I mean, I'm hoping that regardless, we end up with a good code of conduct. But in terms of who's in control of it and how, we're just fleshing that stuff out. Right. You know? I mean, this it's all totally up in the air, and it's extremely important right so i think one of the things that Axiomish is talking about is a concern that there might be a feeling of just sort of a well the illuminati right the fgc illuminati right in control of stuff and nobody gets a say about any of that i don't want that either you know i mm-hmm. i should say first of all that that's like never really been a thing and i think it's it's always been very funny to me uh, as somebody who like knows the people who are in the FGC <laughs> Illuminati, uh, that people outside of it think that there's any like conspiracies around them trying to work together or whatever. When the opposite is actually true, like there's uh... like butting heads all the time. Um, it's not like that at all. So, but, but in any case, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't want it to be. I, I want instead for there to be some kind of feeling of um, of control of 
of input of being listened to right that's that's what i want and so part of why i think it's cool that there are so many people in this discord is that we do get all these different perspectives super important but what i really want and i'm not the president of this discord or of the fgc obviously but what i want is for there to be the idea that people sign off on this right so so what i would want is for the code of conduct to at some point be out there and um well it needs to be out there obviously at some point but i i want people to feel like it's not something that uh, impinges on them like mm-hmm. you were saying that instead that it's something that helps foster a better situation for more people and as far as the whatever the governance is whatever the committee is that i think should probably end up having some control i don't want that to just be like folks who are like yeah it's me i'm in it i'm in it I'm in. You know, i don't <laughs> want it to have people who self-appoint i would right. much rather have a situation where there's you know, some representative of each or, or various different geographic locations game scenes uh roles in the community are you a player are you a commentator are you a broadcaster are you tournament organizer right these are all different roles that have their own little incentives and their yeah. own clicks and stuff and I, I think that it would be really important to have people feel like they are represented in some way rather than just feeling like they're being loaded over of course yeah i mean you know you talk about this illuminati thing you know this concept of illuminati i think everybody's believes that i've been in this illuminati forever right and they I, definitely do yeah for I, sure they believe you you've been in the illuminati and you know what the crazy thing is i don't even know what this discord is <laughs> i have no oh. idea <laughs> like no. that it even it's existed you know like literally i have no involvement in any of this at all and i've never been i've always been so far removed from everything which is why you know recently i've been acknowledging the fact that i'm just extremely naive because like i just don't have any involvement in a lot of this stuff i i kind of keep my nose out of a lot of these things so well, there's never been an Illuminati, right? Like yeah. I said, the various tournament organizers, broadcasters, <laughs> etc., the people you would think of as like community leaders, yeah, they don't all get along, right? And and while there have been attempts in the past, some years <laughs> ago, to put together previous stabs at what we're trying to do right now, same issues came up, right? Where people butt heads, they feel slighted, and and there's no like working right. together. Don't ever you, you know that, right? People right, like yeah. watching very clear the way that we're operating <laughs> and you see that there's like no overarching working together in any right. sense uh, and there needs to be yeah. I, I feel at least at least for safety so that that is what i want but as far as this particular <laughs> discord goes it's it is not it's the opposite of illuminati it's they just put out like a call they were right. just like hey anybody want to join and people said yeah that's it they didn't reach out to anybody they it was literally just Anybody want to get involved? Uh, I don't really know how to like spread it around or who to talk to specifically, but right. like let's as a community sort of get together and chat. And it was just super ad hoc. <laughs> uh, so there's no, uh, there was no like plan. I don't think. Right. Uh, and so m- most of the major tournament organizers are in there, but it's just because they like saw a tweet or they saw a post or whatever that was like, hey, we're gonna start up a or we're going to, this is a the pre-existing Discord, I guess. Um, I wasn't in there before, but I did see the call for it. And so I joined, and other people joined, <laughs> and it was real just complete happenstance, honestly. 
And I, that, that for me, that's one of the the charms about it is that it is it is that way. And because of that, I think you do get a bunch of different perspectives, which can be really valuable. But yeah, it's true that there's um, that that and not everybody who needs to be involved in that is involved in that. And I want everybody to be involved in it for sure. I want as many people to be involved so that there is a a feeling of legitimacy, so that there's a feeling of being heard, of being listened to, of having some skin in the game, and of not feeling sort of slighted or as if you're losing something mm -hmm. when uh, a code of conduct committee kicks somebody out for you know being a racist or whatever. Right. I, I, I just I want to feel that we have uh, some sort of legitimate feeling about this and it, for that to happen, it, it's just politics, right? Like you you yeah, dude. It's because I, I have you at two hundred percent because the other day you were super quiet. Dude, people have been saying my thing has been super quiet. So when I unplugged it and plugged it back in, it must have reset something, and now everything is super louder or whatever like that. Dude, ugh. I mean, look, this is evidence of it. You've seen this a million times before, David. But I think uh, Curly W had the best answer in there, which was uh, James doesn't even know how to use Discord, and <laughs> I think that's a. Uh, Probably pretty true. I mean, remember after Evo when uh, all the, um, the the stories about the Evo after party came out, about the yeah. people getting roofied and stuff, and uh, someone actually basically told people that I was the one who did that, or that I was the one that was roofing people. Uh, what? Because, yeah, uh -huh, because someone was just trying to cancel me, right? And the best thing is, I I talked oh, to I I talked to Olaf about that, and Olaf was like, "Look, James," and I mean this in the nicest way possible. He was like, "Even if you wanted to try to roofie somebody, you would have no idea where to get any of the drugs." <laughs> I was like, "You know, that's probably the nicest thing you could say to me." <laughs> Because, like, seriously, like, I wouldn't even know where to get any of this stuff. So, but, yeah, I mean, that's good. Right now, people are still saying it's slow. It, like, it starts quiet when you start talking, and then it comes in, weirdly enough. So try again. Okay, well, hello. Here I am, a talking, talking. Yeah. Saying words and stuff. I'm good now? Okay, cool. Yeah. So... I had the greatest monologue of my life, and it's lost to time. <laughs> do do people know where it got cut off? Do you guys remember yeah, where David got cut just, off? I do, yes. It was just me saying that the gaining of legitimacy here for something like this is just about politics, which is to say that people like to be felt as if they're being paid attention to. They want to have a hand in things. They want to have some say. I feel the same way. And that's part of why, like, democracy is so important, right? It, you, you feel that way. You're not making the big decisions yourself, but, like, you have helped guide it. And, and that's really important. So I want to have people involved in a way that helps create that sense of legitimacy, whether it's in this Discord or that Discord or in whatever it is, right? I mean, how, whatever it ends up being, it doesn't super matter to me that it's one or the other. I just want it to be a good code of conduct importantly and also for people to have a sense that the decisions that are being made aren't capricious that they're not uh, you know attacking anybody in particular that the people who are making those decisions are people who sort of represent everybody else right people who are not just tournament organizers but 
know, maybe people who are players or who are broadcasters or streamers or whatever. Different roles, because different people think in different roles, think differently about problems. Mm -hmm. And different people from different places and backgrounds think differently about problems and will think that something is worse or not as bad, depending. So I, I really think that it's important that we have a bunch of different people, not just... Uh, well, for a couple of reasons. One is that I want to have this feeling of legitimacy, that each person feels like they have somebody who's there, um, who can represent them, and, and that they, as somebody who's not involved in the community, can trust what's going on, and that we have a bunch of people involved so that the decisions that are made aren't lopsided against one group of people, whatever that group is, right? whether it's a race or a gender, or whether it's uh, players as a group of people, or streamers as a group of people whatever it is I, I i really want to make sure that we have all sorts of different stuff going on yeah yeah i mean there's really not much i could add to that so <laughs> yeah agreed on all accounts and you know again obviously there is the danger of things going too far that you know obviously there's the ability for there the people in power to gain too much power and you know there's all this stuff i mean it's kind of happening right now in our own government but you know like we're it's just one of those things that we just have to be cognizant of but again like i said right now it's just it's too hard because there is nothing in place and we yeah. can't do a do anything to make people feel safe we, we we are having trouble having people feel safe and i do agree that the people that are involved should be public and i don't think anyone's hiding it i think someone could go into that yeah. discord and publish the list of every name that's in there and publish the the the, the, the discussions you know it, it can just be, yeah and, and maybe that's something that's important to do maybe the discussion should just be repeatedly posted onto a medium blog or something like that that anybody that's could an interesting read. idea you know, just that anybody can read. Because why not? I, like I said, I don't want it to get that way. My goal is not to become like some sort of military, militaristic police kind of like guiding yeah, obviously, everything. Obviously, you just want the FGC, but it's a little bit safer. I yeah, mean, exactly. Well, it's substantially safer, hopefully. But oh. I, I, yeah, I want a safe FGC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want for everybody else who hasn't had that experience. Too many people have mm -hmm. had the experience of an unsafe FGC. I want them to have the experience that I had which is a safe FGC. I never got jumped. I never got assaulted. Nothing like that ever happened to me in this scene. And that was great. It is great. It's been awesome. You've never gotten, hit. You've never gotten hit over fighting games? <laughs> Not that I can recall, no. I have definitely been struck, and I have definitely struck somebody else over fighting oh. games. But that okay. was in Street Fighter II World Warrior when I was in high oh, school. You were so. like 10 years old. Okay, yeah. yeah. Not 10 yeah, years I mean, old. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but, but look, yeah. No, I have not. And for me, it's been great. And I want more people to have that experience. Yeah. That's what I want more. So, again, <laughs> there are these different groups of people who are working on it. I have no idea how any of that stuff's going to turn out, whether any particular group is going to have, like, have success in some way. But it does matter to me that right. we make this happen you know that, that we do make a code of conduct and that there be some committee to make decisions in whatever capacity there there is that we can do so that we can have a safer scene yeah that's it i never got punched for throwing in games the only thing i've ever been i mean i've been in fights but like a competitive thing that turned into a, a fight 
not i mean i in basketball one time and i was playing right. basketball and this may shock you but i was a very aggressive defensive player and um <laughs> frequently got called on fouls that may be a big shock i know but i've never uh, heard any stories of you beating up on little kids playing hockey or anything like that yeah so. i may have led my league in penalty minutes once uh <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff turned into, you know, people punching back sometimes. But I never punched back. I I was a big jerk in the game. Right. But when it when they punched, then I was like, hey, that's not the game. That's not the game, right? I wanted to just play the game. That's all. <laughs> I don't want that. I, I, I mean, yeah. it's, seriously, like, I, I, don't, I don't even want to have that sort of risk of, of that coming in. Physical altercations, I, I want to I stop that stuff. Right? Yeah, and it doesn't happen terribly often anymore. But more important is making sure that we don't have all of the sexual abuse right. issues that have been going on and related stuff to that. And the, and the main That's thing about and the main thing about the sexual assault stuff is that the code of conduct is also a means by which to provide and also you know. I don't want to call it educate, but at least just make people aware that if something like that happens, there is a place to turn to, you know, that it won't be just a, hi, I have to put this out on Twitter and then have everybody yeah. come and yell at me because no one wants to believe me kind of thing. Or, you know, they're, they're just to have that kind of avenue. And, you know, if yeah. a large part of that code of conduct, I hope this kind of thing happens in the code of conduct, that there is a little bit of like, educational uh aspect to it where it discusses what gaslighting is where it discusses that no just because people say this guy is normally that way doesn't make it okay you know these kind of things like that yeah. i think is kind of important as well and uh like i said i i even want to make it so that these things are put on major streams like that there's just a almost kind of like a yeah like you know when you watch a major there'll be a segment where like a whole bunch of people from the fighting game community talk about it like those you know things that you see on tv where you have a different like 20 different people talking about one message so it's yeah, representative a public safety announcement yeah public service announcement yeah yeah that sounds right to me what i want as well is for this not to only apply to events themselves so a question in the chat if from Mr. Mixers, do the sexual assault stuff happen at tournaments? And sometimes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but in addition, it happens outside of it. So what I really hope happens is that whatever code of conduct we end up with, it's not limited to only enforcing decisions when bad stuff happens at an event, right? I, I would. It's important to me for for that to be instead the question in my mind is whether somebody is a credible threat to make people feel unsafe or to say whatever racist or whatever you know bigoted stuff at at an event or or sort of to other people in the fgc and there's different ways that you tell that but if you only limit whether they're that kind of threat to their behavior at tournaments itself and you're really not getting the whole thing are you i mean you're you're missing out on a substantial part of the person's life uh and 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 indications of how they're likely to act so no i really hope that it is a little bit more holistic than that but i would also hope that it's not only applicable that it's not only bans and whatever whatever the penalties are aren't only enforceable at tournaments i would hope that there are some spaces that would be willing to do this online 
like discords maybe that people could be in um I, I, people have direct discords and stuff obviously but i hope that there will be spaces that will be treated the same way uh, on in that people in the fgc can go to a discord where they can talk about stuff a forum that they can talk about stuff whatever it is right where they can not have to deal with the stuff that they may deal with regularly and they, they can expect the same sort of safety and not having to worry about getting attacked um, for whatever reason it is there that they could have at an offline event as well yeah hmm okay well like i said i don't really have much more to add to this so uh... yeah no we'll see where it goes it's just it's just obviously in nascent stages and and i don't know where it's headed i just hope that we do get something done yeah but yeah whether it's any particular discord or group of people or, or whatever i don't know how it's gonna play out we'll see yeah and i mean the only thing i'll say is look i'm i was against the governing body since the beginning right i'm still yeah. not super on board with having that kind of control and so you know at, at least as long as i'm around i would definitely like to make sure that no small amount of people gain that much power you know and i would hope that you yeah. know a lot of us would be logical enough to try to control it you know it's always a tough yeah and, and and not even just logical right but the people who are working on this are people who are in the fgc and have come up in the fgc like we all have sort of fgc mindsets about stuff you know what i mean like we understand that people will seek to game the system right we that's what we do isn't it i mean we understand that and and we know that there are things like money matches and pop-offs that and and whatever number of other things that are important to the scene that like none of us would want to get rid of right. you know so no i i don't think that concerns that are worried that it's going to be some kind of whitewashing of the scene i don't think those are right at all i think that's uh i don't know like i said i think that it's ultimately in some sense it's about politics and and people politics not in the sense of left and right but of making people feel satisfied of sort of the political discussions that, that well, ideally we'd be talking about and stuff and people find conspiracies and stuff that they are not directly involved in right you're never you never find a conspiracy in something that you are in because you know that it's not true you know what i mean <laughs> uh, so you come up with conspiracies about stuff that you don't have any say in i don't want that i want a, instead a situation where people feel like they are involved so that we don't have to worry about this is x or y person are they taking too much power whatever right whatever the conspiracy thing is i don't want that and i think the best way to head that off is for people to feel like they are engaged rather than being shut yeah. out i think being shut out is what sort of fosters conspiracy theories yeah and and that that's kind of the reason why i even had suggested you know maybe just putting the conversation out there for people to read at any point in time obviously it's a little bit tricky because people can go and try to create back channels and whatever but see like i said i'm, I'm worried about this too i don't want that stuff to happen too and that, that's where my brain goes as well as how it can be corrupted and you know i'm just hoping yeah, that what we're all thinking about of course yeah and and again you know, the hope is that enough people with that kind of good enough of a conscious won't let that happen. We can't prevent it if it like somehow Hydra comes into play or something like that. But, you know, we can definitely do our best. So, yeah, all you can do is write a good document. 
and have people involved who you think are credible and aren't going to make weird decisions and, and will be consistent. People like that in exist in the scene. So I, I think it's doable, but it'll take a lot of work, and I don't really know in particular how it's going to go, but I hope that it happens. All right? Okay. All good? Yeah, all good. Like I said, nothing, all right. nothing more for me to say on the topic, so... Cool. Sounds good. Something that I'm sure we'll address many times moving forward. All right. Well, do you want to move on to the next thing here, or what are we doing? Uh, yeah, let's, let's break? go ahead. Yeah, let's Up jump. to you. Uh, let's, we've only been at this for, what, an hour? Let's go ahead and just do the next thing real quick. Sure. Oh, thanks, Sir Serpa. So what do we got up there next? Oh, yeah, this tier list thing. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah hey thanks for the subs sir serpa high five that that is one thing that i will add to the whole conversation from what uh hands and face says we definitely need a lot of you know uh diversity representation in this code of conduct thing as oh well, so. believe me um in the things that i'm involved with uh -huh. that's like a prime immediate conversation okay. every time okay um there there is a like the one that has a bunch of people already has committees sort of set up and one of them is the like diversity committee and there's like i said there are people involved there from everywhere um some some of whom, whom i know many uh, well most i've never heard of because there's like 600 folks and they are every gender and race and geographical location so no, that's that's is for sure on everybody's mind. For sure is on everybody's mind, and okay. is going to be extremely important to making it legitimate. Okay, cool, cool. Glad to hear. Yeah. Oh, they are. They're some of the leaders, Shankar. That's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear. For sure. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this tier list. Let's uh, switch over and talk about games to some degree. You know, when I put out the call for the uh, <laughs> for the five five matchup today. One of the responses I thought was very funny. Uh, let's see if I can find this. Oh no, I probably should have saved it. Maybe not. Um, God, I need a third one. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Echo CD says, I don't care about which topic it is as long as it isn't tier lists. Well, let's talk about tier lists. <laughs> Whoops. All right, so on Topanga TV, which is a great stream in Japan with some of the best players in the world of Street Fighter V, they had Tokido make a tier list. And while I didn't watch the stream, and it wouldn't have been helpful for me to do so because I don't speak Japanese, Fudo and Moke are also there in the screenshot that I saw of it. I'm not sure, like, sort of relatively how much influence they have on that. I don't know if it was just Tokido making it up on his own or, or what. But I think it's very interesting. Can you put it all you have? Nice work. Mm -hmm. Nice work. I couldn't see it because it was uh, covering my face. This was uh, blocked <laughs> off. All right, let's talk about this thing. So according to Tokido, by the way, can we, can we talk about his hair? You see the little uh, highlights he's got going on Dude, in there? I'm telling you, man. I saw that one footage that Hi-Fi put out. <laughs> Tokido has turned himself into a handsome fellow, dude. He is a good-looking dude. Turned himself into. Wow, what a phrasing from James Chen. He is a good-looking dude right <laughs> turned now. Turned himself so. into. I don't know how I he have, managed to do it. I have it photos. 
I have photos of him from like 2002, where you know he was just you know awkward and he nerdy was kid. He was a gross kid, according He's to James. Awkward Jen. nerdy kid, and I swear, yeah, he actually looks younger now, I think, than he did back then. It's it's wild, dude. Here's the Taylor. So according to Tokido, I don't think anybody would disagree too strongly with the idea that Akuma's one of the best in the game. Colleen's one of the best in the game. Rashid, one of the best in the game. <laughs> I have said that I think Seth is one of the best characters in the game ever since Seth came out. I think that character's ridiculous. I kind of don't understand why people don't think that the character's super strong. There's, like, every tool that's important in the context of SF5, right? Great footsies, pressure that snowballs, good anti-airs, a three-frame button for defense, great, great damage output, great good V-trigger, mm -hmm. great movement. Like, uh, for me, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's... Like, they can alter their jump arc in a way that is always safe mm -hmm. and can be plus for no meter. That's the, she's, that's the only character in the game that can do that. So, yeah, I feel like that's, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. What do you think, though, about some a little bit more hotter takes? Would you have Abigail above Urian, Poison, Guile, Chun-Li, G, M. Bison, etc.? Here's my hot take on this tier list. Okay, let's do it. Let's get hot. Let's I think get the, hot. I think the tier list is fine. <laughs> okay, th all right. I think the tier list is That is a hot take, by the way. That is a very hot take compared to what people are saying out yes. there. Yes. That might be the hottest take that you could have made. And Sports the reason TV. why I say that is because I think this game is extremely balanced. <laughs> It's what I've well, been yeah. saying forever, and uh, I think at this point in time, it's really going to be so personal at this point. Everybody's tier lists are so personal on your experience fighting these things, and if all you do is fight Itazan all day, you're going to think freaking Abigail is number one. Every time I fight you, I think Tonda's S tier, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. just... it's. It's frustrating. It doesn't feel like Honda can lose at all. <laughs> you know, it feels like he's just, <laughs> oh, 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 and that's it. And he just basically wins, right? So I think that's a fair summation. Obviously, look, that Urian and uh, maybe even M. Bison, G, is not in S tier. I disagree with. I would put them up there. I wouldn't have Abigail up in S tier. You know, okay. I would definitely have Abigail lower than that. But again, you know, my biases are going to come in when I start putting people like everyone puts Alex at the bottom. And I just don't see how that's humanly possible. Right. But that's because I can't be Alex worth a damn. You know, that mm -hmm. character just basically owns my soul for free. And there's no like I, I know people think I'm crazy for not wanting to put Alex at the bottom of the tier list. Because I just don't think he's bad in any way at all whatsoever. Obuki, clearly not a B-tier character. You know, definitely A-tier, S-tier. Maybe it's just Tokido has fought so many Abukis that he just knows what they want to do and just doesn't feel like she has credible mix-ups anymore because he's seen them all and fought against them a thousand times. The, only, mm -hmm. the main reason why I think that the tier list is fine is because it's just a very Tokido point of view. You know, and that's how every okay. tier list is going to be. That's how every tier list is going to be. Nobody's going to come out with a tier list that's, like, 
the only way you can get mad is if like a giant community of 600 people made this tier list you know then maybe <laughs> we would be frustrated at that but again this is just one person doing this so uh and yeah like dalsam being in a tier i mean a lot of people are gonna freak out about that but i think dalsam is hella good in this game i hate fighting that character you know because i can never hit him dude <laughs> like he's always teleporting everywhere and so i i just don't think uh it's it's it i don't i i don't agree with the tier list let's put it that way i don't agree with okay. the tier list okay. i would move people around but i'm not gonna sit here and go what this is the worst tier list ever because okay. i totally get it i totally get it that's it so well that's very reasonable of you <laughs> Yeah, I disagree with some stuff. I think many of the points are right, but I... Yeah, do I think Dawson is better than G and M. Bison and Zeku I, and Karen? I, yeah. But are they in like order? All? Are they in order in the in the ranks? That's my understanding. That's what I've been told. Because if that's the case, yeah, maybe. But I don't know if that's... But do I, think, do I think that, like, Honda is better than Ibuki? I, I, look, I don't know that there are many people on Earth who think Honda's better than I think Honda is. You know, I, I, <laughs> like, really, I, I'm I'm a Honda up player. I, I know it. I think the character is good, and I wouldn't tell I wouldn't tell anybody lies about that. Mm -hmm. I think he's a good character. I don't think he's top tier, but I think he's like solidly in like mid. He's just a legit character who can win, and he's good. Better than Ibuki? A big no. Big no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, me, to me, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I don't think that this is ordered at all because there's no way, like, even Tokido could think that that Ibuki is bottom eight. Like, I just, I don't even think that that's even possible. <laughs> well, maybe not bottom eight then. Okay, so maybe that's five, ten. So, so she's bottom 12 in this, certainly, right? I mean, he would have put Ibuki in the higher part of B tier. Like, that's got to be at least ordered, right? Don't you think that, like, top of b tier to the bottom of b tier versus right i don't know like, I, I don't know actually well, I, I mean come on like like this I, is, I don't know. abuki is way down there he has abuki as bottom eight character in the game right on this tier list abuki is literally bottom eight i, I don't know if even uh, to, uh yeah, tokido could I'm, do... I'm, I'm saying if they're not ordered horizontally within a horizontal row uh -huh. then at least they are in the row below other characters in B tier. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, okay, so. well, no. You mean because no? there's two rows? Yeah, because there's two rows. Yeah, the two rows is just wrap around, right? That's just, you just turned word wrap on. <laughs> but as the person making the tier list, you see that and you understand that it like implies that one is above or below the other. I never, that's not implied to me. Okay, I'll just say that much. I every time I make a tier list like this, it's never ordered. It's never ordered. So well, you guys need to get a little bit more precise in your tiers. <laughs> I think it's just word wrap. I honestly just think it's word wrap. I don't think that there's. A, I don't think that the the rows have any effect on uh, if 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 he thinks Lucy is better than Ibuki. You know, I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. So. Well. Then my major feedback, my hot take about this is that Tokyo needs to get better at organizing tier lists. <laughs> that, would, that would be my primary take. But on top of that, 
Yeah, there's some stuff that I disagree with. I think the big thing that stands out to me is where Dalsum is. I think Dalsum's good. I don't think Dalsum is bad anymore. Mm-hmm. But I also wouldn't have Dalsum in the same tier as, like, Urian yeah. and stuff. But, I mean, uh, even, like, I, Hi-Fi said in chat, like, the three Dalsum players in Japan are just smoking everybody right now. So, this yeah. is it. This is absolutely it. For right. sure. For mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And this is something that we've talked about a lot in the past. The idea of a tier list here tends to be, okay, let's have a theory discussion. Two players who can't possibly exist in real life because they have exactly the same skill level play, mm-hmm. and they do so with two different characters who comes out on top, and you run that for every matchup in the game, and then you're like, all right, which characters are the best overall? Or maybe more practically, that same thought experiment, but which characters are likely to be in a tournament, right? That, that sort of thought experiment. Mm-hmm. And it's not directly related to which characters are winning the most. It's That's not irrelevant, right. but that's not the thing that mm-hmm. makes a tier list, uh, for me anyway, and I think for most people here. Yeah. Whereas in Japan, it it is more like that. It's, yes. When I've had discussions with people in Japan, with players from Japan, about tiers, that's where the discussion always is. Right. It's who's winning, which character is winning, which character mm-hmm. is not winning. Not what I would want to discuss, which character could win, which character should lose. That I would want to talk about that, and they have always wanted to talk about who is, is doing it. Yeah, and, and so for so for sure, there are three fantastically strong players who decided to play Dawson. For sure, for sure. I mean, that, that's absolutely right. Does that mean that Dalsum is a character that's up there? I I, I don't really <laughs> think so. I mean, I again, I think Dalsum is good. I don't want to come mm. off as downplaying Dalsum too much. I would have Dalsum in B tier in this context. But I think that that's still pretty good. No, Dalsum's up there because of Mochi and Itzkik and Tony Messingo, for, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's the same way with Abigail up there for some top level players who use him. Akuma's the same way. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for I mean, sure. That's the thing is like, you know, we've seen so many times in history, for example, in Street Fighter 4, Season 1. In, the, in vanilla Street Fighter 4, you know, Sagat was clearly one of the best characters, but he just didn't win as many tournaments, you know? So, but here in America, that means we would still rate him as S, whereas in Japan, they would rate him maybe an A tier all of a sudden randomly, be, and Rufus would be S because, you know, Justin and Ricky were killing everybody with Rufus at the time, you know, kind of situation. So it's just a very different kind of mindset. And uh, that also factors into my whole, you know, why this tier list doesn't really bother me all that much. Uh, If you ask me, like, my opinion, like I said, this is clearly not it, right? (laughs) This is definitely not where I would put a lot of the characters, especially someone like Urien. Like, I don't see how Urien is not S tier, except, you know, Urien does have a lot more dominance, I feel like, online than he does offline, perhaps, and maybe they're playing more offline. I don't know. I don't know the situation, but, uh, you know, I wish we had more tournaments to kind of suss out the results and everything like that. And Of course, that, yeah. That's what makes it fun. I mean, Tokido probably whipped this up in, what, like five, ten minutes or something like that. He probably didn't sit there. I, I really don't know. He probably yeah. didn't sit there, you know, pouring or sweating over this, like, where do I put these guys and everything? And, you know, we really don't have the, the tournaments to really back up any of the claims at this point in time. So I think at this point, tier lists are just fun, right? I mean, when I made the bottom yeah. ten list, Man, everybody jumped on me about that one, but I did that with 
everybody in the chat and pretty much I think 70% of the cast was named at one point to be in the bottom 10. And so, you know, I really just feel like that I'm this kind of thing only makes me happy because it means that every character mm -hmm. can win when used by the right person, you know, and that makes me happy. So <laughs> that makes sense to me. That makes sense yeah. to me. All right. Laura is the best command grab character in the game. Anything else to say about this one? Uh, is Luna the best command grab character in the game? Let me think about that, actually. Uh, mm, only person, only command grab characters that I would rate higher than Laura. Oh, everybody's right. G is the best command grab character. Yeah, I was about to say G. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. It's G. It's G. G, it's G. and V-Trigger 2 Bison. <laughs> V-Trigger 2 Bison, maybe. <laughs> Because V-Trigger 2 Bison is terrifying. Because <laughs> uh, Bison is just terrifying overall, right? Bison is just the top character overall, so... Colleen does have a command grab, yeah, but I don't know that anybody considers her a command grab character. You mean V-Skill Although I think that V-Skill is pretty fun and cool. Most people I see using Colleen are still using V-Skill 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah V-Skill 1 is way more useful, so... All okay, alright, alright, alright. So, you want to take a break, and then when we come back, we can talk about some viewer questions? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Like I said, I'm kind of excited to get back in the 5.5. We haven't done 5.5 in a while, so let's do that real quick. Uh, I'm going to have to do some weird Inception stuff because I need a third monitor. There we go. All right, cool. All right, we'll be right back, guys. There are only 10 people in the entire world who understand how Honda's supposed to play. Move on. Ten people in the world? Can you name those and, ten? And that's optimistic. No, that's an optimistic number. I think oh, okay, it may be fewer okay, than that. Okay, okay. Gotcha, I think it may gotcha. be fewer than that. All right. <laughs> there we go. Uh, again, good. I don't know why people think that he's not good. It's, Honda, it's, it's crazy to me. To me. Uh, it's just because... It's weird. Honda is like the perfect scrub killing character. Like he's a he's one of those gatekeeping characters that if you don't know how to fight him, you don't know how to fight him. But then yeah. once you feel like you know how to fight him, you're not sure. Maybe you haven't fought the Hondas that have transcended beyond the point where they're just going <laughs> all day. The thing is, James, that you play against one of the only Hondas in the world who plays hands like that. I don't know about that. I mean, we saw what. I mean, I'm in the I'm in the Honda Discord, and there are people in there who are not, who do not use hands in that same way. I mean, when you watch people on big streams do well with Honda, they are not using hands in that same way. And I'm not going to say that I'm better than those players. I think some of those players are definitely better than me. But we have different takes on the character, and my take is very hands heavy, but many players is not. Dude, I watched that Olivo versus Mono match. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that was like one time. No, talk with Olivo though. He doesn't do that. Seriously. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, who was the other one? The, the the guy who begins with the letter V that was in uh, Punk's uh, Beta Bash just recently, who just like mo mopped up uh, uh, Hurricane, I think it was. Oh, the EU one. Um, yeah, ver ver probably Verdoyance. Ver yeah, okay, thank you. I wasn't gonna try to pronounce it. Okay. You yeah, said that right so now. nicely there. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say Verdoyance. 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 Yeah. How did you say that, say that again? 
Death Warriors. Oh god, I can't even do that, dude. I can't even. I don't, I don't even think I can make my mouth move in that direction. Yeah, Honda does a lot of chip. He's good. Yeah, I, I really do think Honda is super, super strong. I don't think he's top 10. I don't think he's no, like the no, best. He's not top 10. Yeah, but he's clearly. He can win a tournament. He can win a tournament if you find the right person to play. So I think so too. Which is why it always makes me sad that there's not a lot of them there. You know, there's not a lot of uh, Honda players around because I want a Honda player to just start doing damage at an event. Thanks for the sub, Richard Kuplinski. Wow, one month away from five years of support. Dang. That's super great. Really appreciate it. Uh, Showbiz, I do think Colleen is in S tier. I really do think Colleen is in S tier. Her V trigger two is too powerful. That should not be a two bar V trigger. They should not. Dude, that is so strong. That V trigger. Uh. If that V trigger was three bars, you could argue she's A tier. But because that V trigger exists, she is S tier, and it, she will always be S tier in my opinion. But I mean, by the like, way, I'm cool with it being two bars still. I think that's fine. I think they should have kept Manat V trigger two bars. Like those are interesting <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't nerf that part of the character. I think the thing that makes me the most sad was someone was like, "Man, I really thought at this point in time during the game that Falk would just be nothing but a memory, and like people would forget she's in the game." But that actually turned out to be Lucia. And I read that, and that broke my heart because it's <laughs> so true. Nobody remembers that that character is in the game. I swear like people are like wait Lucia's in here and it's oh god like I, as much as I know she's not terrible she's just yeah. so fundamentally outclassed by so many of the other characters and no there's no reason to use Lucia over somebody else like why would you play Lucia oh why would you play Lucia when Cammy exists you know standing well, strong, you're doing it yeah exactly because standing strong exists for both characters if Lucia's fireball Ooh, game could become yeah. a little more effective, I would be that much more interested in play. Like that, a lot more people would play her. But her fireball game is is overall very weak. Like her fireball game cannot do anything to Vega, because as soon as you see her flipper shot, like start the flipper shot, you slide, and there's zero anything that Lucia can do. Because on whiff, it's like what? It's like a, it's like a 30 frame, 28 frame like thing by itself like all right all right let's let's get back to the thing here. <laughs> you know it's who? true Sia. you know it's who? true who who see ya yeah exactly all right nice work tag log all right let's come on back thanks to dumperoni pizza for the subscription <laughs> and thanks for the name as well that's yeah fantastic all right, everybody, welcome back to the Tuesday show. We are going to be doing something that we haven't done in a long time, which is the 5-5 matchup. This, this is, is a segment to... in which we take questions from viewers, and then we let our Twitch and Patreon subscribers vote on which questions they want us to answer. Mm -hmm. So, put out the request earlier today. Here is the list of questions that we received. One. What are your thoughts on the most recent Topanga SF5 tier list? Well, we there you go. We don't need to answer that one. <laughs> Two, do you believe in the Mike Ross theorem of matchups, which states that any matchup among equally skilled players is either 5-5 or 10-0? Three, what are your thoughts on using a game's native delay-based netcode versus using Parsec for online events? Four, 
Would you give up a button of your choice in an SF5 online match if the match was guaranteed to feel as good as offline play? Wow. Five. <laughs> Which induces more salt during that play? The opponent quitting after you win one game or them quitting after they win one game? Six. To avoid issues with game publishers like them ignoring game issues or communicating poorly, is it possible for the FGC to make and support our own fighting game? Seven. Which fighting game character would you vote for in an election? Gee, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then eight. What kind of bear is best? What? What, <laughs> what kind of bear is best? Bears eat beets. All right, the winner is six. By the way, it's Black Bear. Six, to avoid issues with game publishers like them ignoring game issues or communicating poorly, is it possible for the FGC to make and support our own fighting games? That's the winner. I'm still fascinated by this bear question. I mean, it, they're not even talking about some crazy bear. Like, it's just a regular bear. What is a regular bear? I've never seen that before. So, anyways... <laughs> That's a great question. What is a regular bear? <laughs> Sorry, that's a, anyway, it's, it's an Avatar it's an, it's an Avatar reference. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, we're, I think we're referencing beyond each other right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Like, at this point in time, exactly. All right, so, 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 is it possible for the FGC to make and support our own fighting games? Well, I would submit that that has happened and has been happening because we've had games that have essentially come from the community, mm -hmm. right? So there's a long list at this point. I'm not going to be able to get to them all, but like Skullgirls is a great example, right? Like Punch Planet's a great example. TFH KI. is a great example. KI. Well, KI is a great example. Yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, uh, Power Rangers game is a great example. Like everybody who worked on that is somebody who's just been like a Marvel head. So I would argue that it has actually happened. And in fact, when you talk to people in some of even the bigger companies, there are people involved there who are big time FGC heads uh, and have been playing fighting games forever. I know there's a bunch of those in NRS, for example. I know there's a bunch who are not, but I know that there are definitely people who are that way. Mm -hmm. I know that certainly has been in the past. That is how Capcom's been as well. So it's not like we are like unrelated from the game companies. I think that's my initial take on this. But my secondary take is, if this is meant to be like, can we create like an FGC open source game? I think that's probably, even as somebody who like uses Linux and LibreOffice and <laughs> like, you know, I'm a big open source fan. That'd be pretty tough. <laughs> be a tough one. There would be infinite balance changes in this game, right? Everybody <laughs> would just make their own. So I, I don't know if that's really a thing. Yeah, I mean, isn't that just Mugen? <laughs> yeah, that is, that is Mugen. That is Mugen. Yeah, we're that's just true. gonna have Omega Tom Hanks running around in every form. I mean, look, Dark Donald. My answer is basically the same. We've already done it, and the thing is, as soon as that happens, the game no longer becomes a by the FGC anymore. It just turns into the same thing that it's always been. I mean, you know, we had Keats on here before. We've talked to him before, and you know. Uh, the way that a lot of people reacted to changes and stuff like that, you know, people would yell at him about changes 
the same way they yelled at anybody else, right? So at this point in time, as soon as you make a fighting game like that, it, it, it transcends being just by the FGC, and now it becomes something else. So I just, I don't think that that's actually uh, a thing. I, I don't think that that's a possibility. So uh, again, how was the question exactly phrased again? I had the poll up here for everybody looking at it. It was, uh, uh, is it possible for the FGC to make and support our own fighting games? It's like I said, I feel like that's basically what we're trying to do. If but like you said, if, if, if it's involved in like, oh, now it's not a publisher and it is an open source kind of game, that's impossible. Like that, that will explode. Now, obviously there have been, you know, Linux, there's Ubuntu, there's, you know, Java, there's like C Sharp yeah. is, is Microsoft's version of Java, for example, and things like that. You know, you can create very standardized alternate versions, but for this kind of situation, no. No, <laughs> especially with how... So, look, I, I'm going to say it. 99.9% .9 of the people out there don't know how to balance a fighting game. Uh, every time you see someone make a suggestion on what needs to be changed, it is completely illogical and it is a terrible idea. I mean, I heard people in Vanilla Street Fighter 4 argue that Kami's dive kick should have been an overhead. Like, because, that's right, yeah. you know, like, that's literally what people say, you know, things like that. And you just sit there and you stare at it and you're like, um, like, one person gave me a list of all the changes they gave, wanted to give to a character. And I looked at it and I was like, that would make them, like, the best character since Akuma from Super Turbo. You know, like, most people don't know how to balance fighting games. They see things like Guile changes in Super Street Fighter 4 and they'd be like, you didn't do nearly enough to make him good. And he was one of the best characters in the game. You know, most people don't understand the subtlety and uh, ramifications of even the smallest changes, which is why I largely have a hard time trusting anybody when it comes to balance changes, which is why I wanted to sit down and try to make my own version of a modified ST just to see how it would go, you know. But it'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I think the only person I would trust to do that is me. I'm the sole genius in the world. Dude, that's exactly and, where and I so come is, from. <laughs> and so is everybody else yep, in their mind. Exactly. Everybody else. That's the issue. Yep. <laughs> we're all wrong and we all believe we're right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. Um, by the way, our audio is desynced apparently. Oh, no. Is the audio desyncing again? Oh, that was a problem last time, and uh, God, I don't know what, you know, I need a new computer. I just 100% need a new computer because my audio board is plugged in via USB. My mouse, which disconnects all the time, is plugged in via USB. Everything that's plugged in USB just kind of disconnects, and I bought a separate PCI USB card specifically to see if I could get around this problem, and I don't know what it is. Maybe I just need to reinstall my operating system or something like that, so... I just need to I just need to sit down and like redo everything on my computer and see if I can I just did it. that over the weekend. Did you reinstall your operating system? I totally reinstalled Windows and everything, yeah. Yeah, I I'm weirdly paranoid about that. I don't know why I'm so paranoid about reinstalling operating systems cuz I'm afraid of like deleting everything and and stuff and I just have to get over that to be honest with you. So You just get a big external hard drive. What do you mean? Yeah. This little guy's got four TBs in it. All right. 
That's so wild, dude. It's so crazy how it's like Four that now. TPs, I believe, is the technical term nowadays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I also have extensive cloud backup, of course. All right. Well, you want to answer any of these other ones here? Uh, what were the results here? Let's see. We've discussed the Mike Ross thing before. Do you believe in the Mike Ross theorem of matchups, which states that any matchup among equally skilled players is 5-5 or 10-0? I do not. Uh, yeah. I do not believe in that. I don't either. I don't either. Again, I don't really know why anybody would. I, I feel like it would, like, that requires, it's on that to, like, prove it, rather than me being, like, having to disprove mm -hmm. it in my mind. Um, but in any case, okay, the reason is that, uh, no, um, I don't think, I don't think anything is going to be a 10-0 in the event of equally skilled players no. or even close to equally skilled players i had a set with alex myers earlier today right? we were playing sf5 and he beat me probably like three or four first to five sets mm -hmm. and i beat him in one right is my conclusion that like we're equally skilled or you know what i mean like we're not I, obviously alex is better than me so i i don't i to me it's that's never been the case i've almost never played a match with somebody where it's 10 almost yeah. never despite whether we're equal, whether we are disparate, if it's not like me versus like Tokido, which would be a Tenno, if it's not that widely disparate, then it's there's it's never like that, right? Well, there's I mean, always variations. You always make a mistake, or you always make an awesome read, or whatever. Look, Tokido put I, Hondo very low on the tier list. I think you could beat him, actually. <laughs> I don't I, think he knows. No, I mean, look. The, what it comes down to is what, you know, a lot of fighting game players like to tell you about their favorite fighting game. There's no guesses. No, bullshit. Like, everything is guesses, right? And, of course. You know, I've talked about fighting games in a way that when you're at specific distances, you have an advantage over the other character because you have these options that stop multiple options that this character has. A true 50-50 matchup means that at, at, you have as many advantageous as you do disadvantageous distances and at all those distances it's kind of an even if you go through all the different guesses of you know how much damage you end up doing if you're right etc etc the thing about it is it's always going to be a guess now can you get to the point where you have a matchup where at 70 percent of the distances you're at disadvantage but you just happen to guess right every single time yeah absolutely that's just going to happen and you're going to win a game or two games but that's why we have the tier list that that's why we say 10, you know, 7 to 3. Because there is probability-wise and the amount of damage if you're right versus you're wrong, you know, just enough times that you could guess right in a way that when you play out all the odds, you'll win three out of those ten games. So I don't believe that uh, everything is 5-5 five, five or 10-0 because uh, just the nature of fighting game is being controlled by distance and by the guesses that are involved and how much damage you get out of it determines what the odds are. Yeah, effectively what that's saying is that there's just a binary, which is like, does your character win or lose? Or is it even, right? right. That, when, when you're discussing a 5-5 five, five, or a 10-0 in one way or the other, those are the three options. Mm -hmm. It's even, or I win, or I lose. But the point of the first to 10 scale, or the best of 10 scale, I should say, is that we understand both theoretically and in the real world that almost nothing is like that, right? There's no like binary, I win or I lose. It's well, in this situation I do, and in that situation I don't, and right. it, it's very messy. And even in 
whether your take on tier lists or matchups is more theoretical or more real world, in either case, you're not saying that there's going to be a, you know, clean results in, in any way. And, and that's the thing, right? And, you know, someone asked, uh, no, most guesses are going to be like uh, like RPS. Like there's three options or there's four options or there's five options. And one of the things that makes fighting games tough is that some situations there's almost an infinite amount of options. Do I dash back, walk forward, jump? Did I just jump when he threw a fireball randomly, you know, or I could block? There's just so many situations that are way more than 50-50. So it's really, you can't say that. And not only that, even in true 50-50 situations, right? So let's say I decide to jump and they anti-air me. That's a kind of a 50-50 guess, like, oh, this guy's throwing fireballs. Should I jump or not over the fireball? If you're wrong, you take an uppercut of damage. If you're right, you could almost kill them, right? So even in a 50-50 situation, the result of that 50-50 guess is so far skewed that it's not even a true 50-50 situation because it has to be weighted. And so that's kind of the whole thing with fighting games. No situation is, I feel like, like that 50-50, you know? Mm -hmm. Sounds right to me. Is there anything else here that you would like to answer? Uh, I do want to mention something about the Parsec stuff, and not, not yeah. directly on, on the question of the game itself here, but what it sounds like to me Parsec is doing, because I'm looking into doing this for Soul Calibur 6. I actually really want to set up some online Soul Calibur 6 stuff, because uh, I know people have done it with Samurai Showdown, with some other games, but I haven't seen anyone do it with Sam Show 6. So I want to sit down and try to do this and uh, try to get the... Uh, the, maybe get some tournaments running there. But the thing is, when you allow people to connect by Parsec, that means they can play on your game without ever having purchased the game, right? Like, isn't that how Parsec works, technically? And if that's the case, does that mean, like, can that all be shut down? And I'm, I'm assuming, for sure. yeah, for sure, almost, uh, for sure, right? So, because sure. Soul Calibur's yeah, online netcode I mean, is not very good, so. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely that's true. But also, on the other hand, whatever. What do you mean? What I mean, whatever. Like, are you are you actually going to get shut down? Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so the way that... Maybe, and I'm not going to advise you to infringe anybody's copyright, James. Right. I would not do that. Yeah, so the idea, the way that Parsec works is that you host it on your machine. Someone connects via Parsec and can play with you that way. However, your machine is still sending all of the data over there. So what they, what the new method is, is that you create an Amazon server on the AWS, the Amazon Worldwide Server, whatever it stands for. I forget what it stands web for. Web services. Yeah, web services. So you create it over there and you both parsec in there. So in other words, no machine is, ho like none of the machines that are sending the data is hosting the screen that has to be set. So it's a buff uh, Amazon Web Services machine over there that is doing a lot of the work, you're only sending your inputs into it, and so you're both playing on a remote machine, but, you know, you don't have to chug all the resources on one machine. That's how a lot of people are setting this up right now, and uh, Parsec has done work to try to, uh, I think they use rollback, right, to, to make the inputs work, and I mean, it's just, it's less information because you're both only sending inputs into that, which is kind of how online fighting games work already, so. James, did somebody invent 
Google Stadia? <laughs> they invented a better version of Google Stadia. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, anyway, actually, I'm down with it. it. Is, I think it's... It is working. Uh, the Samurai Showdown people have been using it. The Marvel players have been using it. That's what CEO Online was using. And the Marvel players are actually having a lot of fun with it. So Yeah, I was watching it over the weekend. There was yeah. a cool little tournament going on. That was, yeah. was using that. Right. As long great. as I'm not playing in the tournament, I can host it myself if I'm not playing in it. So, you know, there's all sorts of different ways to do that. But, you know, the tricky thing is when you create one of those servers on Amazon Web Services, it costs money for as long as you're renting out the machine. And as long as it's on, it costs money. It's not a huge amount of money, but it, it does cost money to the person who's doing it. So, you know, it's just it's it's that kind of situation. So, well, I think it's cool. It, Whatever people can do to take control of their situations to give themselves better play experiences, yeah, I'm. I mean, I wouldn't advise that you violate anybody's copyright. Yeah. In conclusion, period. Um... I would know. You know me, everybody. <laughs> you know me. I would never. I mean, uh, do that. There's, there's also that question that asks what induces more salt during net play. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm the worst person to answer that because I never get mad when I play online. I'm always like super calm and like really clear headed and stuff. So I would have to find out somebody else to answer that question because, you know. Okay, well, as somebody who thinks that everybody's the biggest idiot in the world, not only I'm smart. Yeah, I think that I. No. I, <laughs> I, I actually am the guy who doesn't get mad anymore uh, mm -hmm. when I'm playing online. Like, whenever I'm streaming online, I almost never get mad. I can only think of it happening once, like, maybe this year, actually. Like, it's really rare. Okay. Uh, and so it doesn't really bug me if somebody doesn't rematch. I would rather play more usually, so... I, it bugs me in the sense that, like, I now don't have the chance to play more, which is just what I'm angling for. But as far as the intended, like, disrespect, mm -hmm. I don't care about that. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. I will tell yeah. you this. I don't think the Street Fighter V netcode is good enough for me to be deterministic on whether they're doing it because our connection sucked only on his end or if they're doing it just for uh, disrespect. I ha I cannot judge, so it doesn't really make me mad. I'm sad. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sad uh, yeah. because no. like I would rather get more games in just to, for the practice. But if right, they're gonna right. leave, they're gonna leave. I don't know if I was teleporting around all over the place. So yeah, that that is fair. That is yeah. fair. So in other games where it's first to two or has been first to three in the past, like NRS games, mm -hmm. usually it's not bad. Now sometimes in ranked or in combat league, there actually are bad connections. It's just mm -hmm. a bummer. So. But usually that's not the case, and so somebody dips, it's more like they didn't want to play you. Right, uh-huh. But still, look, whatever. My only real feedback is I wish that we had been able to play more because I want to play more video games. Right. But as far as taking any personal disrespect, I, I don't care about that at all. <laughs> all right. Eh, that's all I have to say about all these questions. Uh, unless you have another one that you want, kind of want to talk about. I think it's very funny, the idea of giving up a button of my choice in an SF5 online match if the match was guaranteed to feel as good as offline play. That's a, It's a funny indication of how we all think that it's not good online. 
no, I wouldn't play that right if that was really offered, but this is a funny question right, regardless. Right. So nice. All right, all right, let's move on. What else do we got up here? We have some limited other news. Limited other news. Let's talk about games first. Oh, we're doing games first? Oh, my bad. Let's talk about community first. Okay, okay. <laughs> which we've done a little bit of so far, but let's continue by talking about Animevo, which is open now for registration. Mm-hmm. Check them out on Twitter at anime underscore Evo. And they have a boatload of games, if you haven't yes. seen the list. It's quite considerable. So check out a tweet that has all of the info, all of the games that they have, the Smash GG link where you can register, and something else of note that they mentioned was that they're going to be called Animevo for this year because, you know, it's, they've already... That ship has sailed, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. But they will be rebranding for next year. They're going to be rebranding away from the Evo Association. Right. Of course. I mean, apparently the people who are in charge of it uh, call themselves 596 Productions, which I think is genius by itself. And I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind them just having them call themselves 596. That's in, that's IAD. That's the Instant Air Dash input. Uh, I'm sorry, 956 is what it is. 956. Yeah, 956, which is the instant air dash. That makes more sense. Yeah, which is the instant air, uh, instant air dash input. So I think that's kind of clever. So. Oh, did they hate the Evo name anyways? Well. Or the anime Evo name, probably. Yeah. Just just the linking of it with Evo, right? Right. Um, anyway, there you go. I thought that was interesting. They put out a little statement about it. Obviously, the reason why we talked about last week that Mr. Wizard. Uh, did some real terrible stuff and has mm-hmm. been let go of Evo and Evo's canceled. You guys know the story. Right. So I get I get that they would move away from it. Yeah, I mean, the hardest part is, you know, calling it the 956 event doesn't quite have that ring to it, you know. So having that be the name of the company definitely makes sense. But, you know, trying to trying to call it something a little catchier probably wouldn't be a bad idea either. So Makes sense. Well, okay. you know, we have mostly gone through this topic already but we do have some more fgc event cancellations that have come out of this week okay that's primarily from three months ago when that raft of cancellations was coming down but a couple that had been later in the year or that had tried to move themselves back (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, have been canceled anyway so texas showdown was postponed it was originally supposed to have been a few months ago now and they have announced that they are going to be canceled for this year, they're planning to roll over registrations to 2021, right. unless somebody tells them that they like don't want to do it anymore. Which, you know, uh, I think that that makes sense. And then, in addition, CEO Taku was officially canceled as well. Right. It makes sense. I mean, look, I know Jabali is trying to push CEO back to like December or something like that. December, I don't even yeah. think that'll happen, to be honest with you. So. I think you're right. I, I, at this point, I have no uh, no faith in where this is all going, to be honest with you, in this country. Like I said, oh, I think yeah. it would be awesome if the rest of the world started coming back and running tournaments and just banning Americans. I would be 100% down with that because I would completely understand. Taiwan well, could Americans obviously... 
like Taiwan can obviously run a major right now. They've been running baseball games and stuff, and literally right. seven people in Taiwan have died from COVID because they have, you know, memories of SARS and stuff like that. And so, yeah. you know, but yeah. Yeah, do I have faith in Governor Ron DeSantis? No. I sure don't. <laughs> I sure don't. Uh, Another cool thing that came up was Paradise Arcade Shop's new oh, yeah, stick yeah, yeah. thing. Can you put the pictures up yeah. on the internet here? I just they think it's actually, cool to briefly talk about it. They actually showed this to us at Evo. They did. They yes. did. And so, that was at Evo was one year ago, I guess. Yeah. And it was just a prototype at the time. Now it sounds like they're getting ready to put it into production. Hopefully that does happen soon. Sounds like they're still ironing some stuff out, but that, that's to be expected. It's a cool idea. It, the idea is to make a stick as thin as possible. And it, this is hitbox style. You got it? Yeah, there it is. So it's hitbox style, as you can see. So there's no joystick, right? It's not a stick in that sense, but mm -hmm. it is extremely thin. And they did that in part by printing out the circuit board to the um, to the buttons. So rather than having wires that go through with the little quick disconnects and the little uh, like yeah, prongs yeah, yeah. right at the bottom of a button, all of that takes up space. They just cut that out and. They came out with this instead. I think that's such a cool idea. It's something that um, the owner of Paradise Arcade Shop and I talked about. Oh, I don't. I mean, a couple years ago, probably just kind of spitballing one day, um, and you know, not that I gave him the idea. We we both had sort of come to this idea. I was right, like, "What do you think yeah, about this?" Yeah. And he was like, "Actually, we're thinking about it." You know, it was it was a very cool conversation, and it's so cool to see this come from that like origin right i'm really really interested in how this turns out i think it's such a cool idea so it's really thin it's less than an inch thick right. i think it's like 0.8 inches thick if i recall correctly it's mm -hmm. somewhere around there and that's about as thick as like a little this is my little travel keyboard right look at that guy i mean this yeah. is i mean a little less than an inch it's quite thin obviously the question really comes down to you know if a button goes dead how hard is it to replace it? Does that require you to buy something from Paradise Arcade? Do they have to fix it? Because obviously right now it's pretty easy to switch out buttons and quick disconnects for your own controllers if stuff like right. that happens. How customizable is this? Because you know people are going to want to customize it. And, you know, how how salt-proof is it? You know, like if you get mad and you just like punch it, are you going to snap it in half like a, like a kung fu board or something like that? You know? These are... So there is a video as well, and in that video, he answers some of those questions. And there are a couple of different spots where you can put on your own custom artwork. Mm -hmm. And the the bottoms of the um, buttons are soldered to the board itself. Okay. So okay. you're not going to be easy, able to easily remove it. Right. But you know, if you're somebody who has skills like that you can do it yourself right you don't need to send it back right, right. Um, and i imagine what would happen is it would be like you know you go to a major and every major has somebody there who's working on sticks every right they all they all do and and you just would probably take it to that person and be like hey this thing broke look into it you know i mean <laughs> he, he he took it apart and it was just there's just a little screw on each of the four corners and then there's these different layers of plexi, or I don't remember what exactly the plastic was, but um, you know the the top layer, and then another smaller layer, and then there's the 
circuit board, and then there's the like under layers, and mm -hmm. it was just real easily stacked. It didn't look like anything complicated yeah. at all. But I think that's so cool because to take an idea like that and to optimize it into something that doesn't look complicated, I think right. is a pretty complicated process. It's yeah. pretty sick, I think. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, I mean, I joked about the damaging and all that stuff like that. It is something that I would be concerned about because, you know, to have something less than an inch thick. I mean, but all of us have transported keyboards and iPads and stuff like yeah. that through luggage and everything like that. Shouldn't be a problem. Shouldn't be a problem. I agree with you. Yeah, and the idea behind this as well is that it's supposed to be able to fit into a laptop bag. Yeah. You know, it's just something real small. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think that's pretty sick. Looking forward to see how the rest of that goes. I'll uh, we'll talk about that part in a little bit. Uh, let's go to game news then. Like I said, there's not a lot to discuss here. Game news. Okay. In Tekken 7, Michael Murray says that they have stuff to reveal. There was a Reddit post in which he discussed hmm. the fact that, you know, Evo isn't happening. And oh, although Tekken right, wasn't yeah. supposed to be like an open game there, there was supposed to be an exhibition, and I guess they were planning to reveal some stuff there. Right. So instead he says, uh, the team has been hard at work on stuff to reveal at Evo Online, and I'm currently evaluating the best way to do that now. Oh, there's stuff. Something's going to be happening. That's pretty cool. I'll put a link to this Reddit post on our Tekken here into the chat. And you can check it out. Yeah, I was just about to address this. So, oh, is that so? Okay, what I was going to say was that uh, Bandai Namco is going to have something called the Fun Live event. And that is going to be starting Friday. And it's, I think, a four-day event. And it's a set of streams that are going to be talking about different games. And what I was going to say is that I hope that that would include stuff about Tekken, stuff about Cal, or stuff about Dragon Ball, you know, the games that they publish. Mm -hmm. And you are telling me, Showbiz, that they have said that that's not going to happen? Tekken and Soul Calibur were not on the list for that? Oh, no. Okay, okay. Is that accurate? If so, bummer. Bummer. I was hoping to see something there. But in any, in any case, that's if you're curious about the rest of the stuff that Bandai Namco has, that is starting on this Friday, July 17th, and they're going to have a set of streams that you can watch. So keep an eye open for that. Okay. All right. And that's all that I got. That's all the news. Well, not much happening, obviously. There's been a lot of stuff that's been going on. Uh, I guess I do kind of want to personally shout out the, the, the Bud Light Beer League that happened this weekend. Uh, that took place for Soul Calibur VI. And again, I thought it was just super awesome, so much fun. I, I really, it re kind of re really rekindled my love of that game. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I want to do the Parsec thing, because the only thing mm. holding me back from playing it is just that it's just, it's not... It's not ideal, right? So if I could set up something that I could actually play online a little more comfortably, I think that would be that would be awesome. Uh, but uh, let me grab the so th this last weekend it was the top players uh, four on each side, West Coast and East Coast, 
and uh, they were all basically fighting to win a portion of like $5,000. So West Coast, I think first place got 2500 and uh, first place in the mm. East Coast got 2500 uh, okay. The top four players on the East Coast that went in there were Woes, ranked number one, Rich Sticks, number two, Party Wolf was in third, and Grandma's Got Game was in fourth place. Uh, this was during the course of the five weeks that they all played each other. Uh, then the format was a round robin that determined their seating for a double elimination bracket. And, mm. uh, they, and two of the players would start on the loser side. Based off of how you did on the uh, on the round robin, and uh, on the East Coast, Woes ended up taking first place. So he had been pretty consistent all season long. He ended up winning the whole thing. Grandma's got game, got second, came in and nice. got second place. Party Wolf did get third, and Rich Sticks ended up in fourth. On the West Coast, uh, Zefukai was the one who was basically dominating the entire season long. Uh, coming in with 370 points. And Blue God, uh, the EVO Japan champion, was uh, in second place. Ben with Vs came in with third place. And Tomahawk was in fourth place. And I, if I remember correctly, I'm a little foggy on this one, Zephukai did end up taking first. Uh, and Blue God ended up taking second. Uh, third, okay. I believe, was Tomahawk, and I think fourth was Ben with these. I'm not 100% sure. Those two, the order for those two, I, I can't remember right now uh, exactly as it was, but uh, it was actually really cool. It was really cool to see. It was free to enter the whole entire time, and so these guys played, you know, week after week, and uh, ended up, you know, uh, two of the guys ended up with uh, 2,500. I think the uh, third and, f I think the fourth place players all got like $250, so, you know, okay. everybody got something out there so it was a uh, really cool and i was really glad to see and had a lot of fun commentating it as well and you know like i said i want to get back into it play it some more so we'll cool see. man that sounds like a lot of fun yeah uh yes toshin heard about the lego ness it's a cool little idea someone built a nest out of legos oh legos selling a ness thing what? yeah so confused by this I mean, I don't think it's supposed to work, but it's like it looks just like the Hi. Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, I see. Oh man. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Am I playing Ki in the near future? Um, yeah. I mean, I've been playing Ki. I guess I haven't played it on stream probably in a little while, but uh, I've still been I've still been playing. Then if the question is, am I going to play it on stream? It's a good idea. That's sure. Crazy looking, dude. That's so cool. Yeah, it definitely looks cool. It definitely looks cool. The Lego Ness. So, I played offline. I went to my friend's house and I played fighting games. Okay. Here's how that happened. So, yeah, we I mean, were... not very social distancing. That's not right. It was super social distancing. Okay. So, they set out in their front yard. They set out a uh, you know, little table that had monitor on it. And then they have wicker chairs, and those chairs were placed six to eight feet from each other, <laughs> and also from the uh, monitor itself. Everybody had masks. Oh, there's only five of us, but it, we, all, we all had masks. There was a lot of uh, Lysol wipes and wiping, you know, using of wipes. There was a bunch of hand sanitizer and use of hand sanitizer. Nobody touched anybody else's stick or anything else that they were eating or drinking or whatever, nothing like that. Um, 
to the extent that anybody like wanted to take a bite of whatever to they you know, had to take your mask off to do that you would like go in another area to do that huh. so it was actually we took it really seriously and i was extremely happy about that i mean the reason that i felt like i was willing to go there was that i thought the people who were there would take it seriously and you know i'm not going to go if i thought they were just going to be ignoring all that stuff and and they weren't and they they didn't so i thought that was really cool it was awesome to play offline again we were there outdoors in the san fernando valley in los angeles oh, and if you're not here, that is a scorcher okay right. it was 105 degrees outside it was oh. super hot luckily they have a big tree that kind of shades okay. over so it wasn't as terrible as it could have been but it was really hot nevertheless and yet, I didn't even notice it. It's crazy. But, like, there we were in 100-plus degree heat. And I wasn't thinking about it the entire time. All I was thinking about was how cool it was to just be playing games. Um, I mean, so it was, it was really nice. No glare? No SBO, final SBO no, situation? At, at some point, there was glare, and okay. we had to stop. Yeah, okay, At some point, okay. the sun kind of got too low, gotcha. and it was glaring at the screen for sure. So at that point, you know, that, but until um, that point, yeah, it was... Not the, like, ideal conditions to play a fighting game in. Absolutely. But you could see what was happening, and that was enough. And so, yeah, we all kept our distance and took it seriously. Like, I brought my, um, this is a 10-foot-long cord, right, that I've wrapped up, right? So <laughs> I was away from everybody, and everybody, we were all really far apart, and we all had masks on. That's awesome. You know, according to all the guidelines out there, that should be safe. So... We're going to be, well, all of us are, are quarantining anyway, right? We all basically work yeah, from quarantining. Yeah. And so if we're going to do it again, it won't be for another two weeks. And that's both because it's a lot of work to set all that stuff up. Yeah. And yeah. also because two weeks is about a period of time where you can be confident that you don't have it. So mm -hmm, we're mm -hmm, going to make mm -hmm. sure that, like, we didn't accidentally give ourselves any right, COVID. Right. Um, but I don't think that we did. So I, I, was, <laughs> I was happy about it. That's cool. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. Uh this past weekend, I also got to do commentary for a, a, a Teppan tournament as well. So uh, that was actually really cool. Wow. Um, awesome. How was that? It's all community run. It's all community run. But, you know, thanks to some generous donors and stuff like that, they had some prize money to give out to the, to the top player and stuff. And, uh, you know, they always try to come up with very specific rules. You know, one of the things that's dominating the meta right now since for the past previous mechanic was the memories stuff which you know is a benefit right. for playing action cards and uh they made a rule that you had to have at least 13 units in your deck so you couldn't be an action card spamming you know deck and so the dungeon and the exodia decks which are considered two of the strongest decks right now couldn't be used and stuff and it was really uh. exciting it was really fun in fact uh they had 27 entrants in it and uh, I went through all, they have to submit all their decks beforehand. They can't change the deck. Uh, they have a sidebar, they have a side deck that they can swap cards in if they lose the first game. The cool thing yep. about it was, it's like, I looked through it and, you know, one of the uh, North American players who actually made it into Worlds uh, before Water, uh, I looked through all 27 decks. All the decks, like, kind of made sense to me. I was like, oh, this is a green human deck. Oh, he's making this. Oh, this is a zombie deck. This is blah, blah, blah. Okay. Then I looked at Water's deck, and I was like, I have no idea how this deck works. I can't even imagine how this deck could win. What's the win yeah. condition? This is, like, super confusing. That deck went undefeated in the tournament, and uh, Water so won the whole thing. 
and it was wild. And, and the thing about it, it wasn't even just me. Every other commentator was like, yeah, I didn't really get this deck very much. And like, he ended up winning and just running over everybody. And it was just like, what the heck? This is super crazy. It was actually, awesome. re- it was really, really fun. And some of the matches were ridiculous. Kyle P and uh, another player named Dead Cuddles, who has won almost all of these events, had some of the sickest matches. One of them came down to the wire and Kyle played an absolute intelligent play that he was not going to win. So he played a specific move that he killed both players and double KO'd. (laughs) So they had to replay it. So they had to replay it, dude. It was so good, dude. Uh, Genius. Yeah, and honestly, you know, I'm not an ambassador. I don't get anything for promoting it, but right now... Teppin, if you sign up for it, you get 60 free packs. The season pack is only 10 crystals right now. And if you get a season pass, it usually pays for the next season pass. So you can right. basically kind of get into the game for free and, and just get a lot of cool stuff right now. And it's, it's just really fun. I, I love the scene a lot. It's, it's, I'm having a good time in it, and I'm really enjoying playing the CCG and everything like that. So it's, it's, it's been very eye-opening for me. And, uh, yeah. and 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 uh, green is overpowered and purple is terrible. I will continue uh, championing that mindset, even though nobody agrees with me except for like three people that I know. So <laughs> good work, uh, man. Oh, cool, man. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, be really. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And again, uh, this is on Teppen underscore community. That's run by Iowa the Boat. And like I said, he's just been putting on the events all the time. The official Play Teppin account comes in and hangs out with us and, and talks to us and everything like that. So, you know, it's, it's, a really, it's really cool. It's a, it's a nice little community effort because literally Iowa, every single time a new match comes on, he has to see which one of the players is streaming it. And if they're streaming it, he actually captures their stream, tries to capture mm-hmm. the other person's stream so he can put both sets of cards there. He can't necessarily do that. Different people right. stream on different platforms which causes different resolutions so he can't grab one and just put it in the other he has to shrink and grow to make sure the cards show up in the right place and he's doing this all on the fly as the whole entire time going so okay uh, i have heard from the tetris community macross there's uh something kind of neat uh that i can't talk about so in any case yeah Uh, but uh, i need to get back to playing it again but um when I was trying to learn how to do the, the, the dazzing, you know how when you play racing games, you hold the A button harder sometimes, even though it does nothing because you think it'll make you go faster? That was me holding the controller left and right, trying to dazz my pieces to the point that the two nights that I played it in like three days, I played it in two nights, and uh, my thumb lost all of the feeling on the tip. And it was like super numb because I was pushing so hard on the pad, on the corners of the little thing, on the on the controller, that I basically had to take a break. And only recently has my thumb regained part of its feeling. And so I'm definitely going what? to uh, try it again. <laughs> try to don't learn. Don't you end up with hand problems, James? Come on. Yeah, dude, I just want to make sure that I don't hurt my thumb anymore. So uh, Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I'll try to get back into that as well. Try to get back into seeing if I could ever get close to maxing out, so. Mm. I'm just very happy with games right now. I'm playing games that I really super enjoy. I think they're really good. I'm having a lot of fun. 
you know, I'm playing KI and Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, and I just really like all of those games, honestly. Like, I, I feel really happy about that, because it's almost always been the case over the last, well, forever, I guess, I've been in the scene, that I've always had one game where I'm like, you know, I really like this game. This is really right, good. But yeah. maybe, like, other games that are out right now are, like, not really for me. Maybe I prefer some older game instead. It's not Right now, I'm super happy about these games. That's I'm cool. really having a blast. And what's cool, too, is I feel like if, for whatever reason, like, KI gets shut down tomorrow, there's still, like, two or three other games where I'm like, you know, those would be great to play, too. Like, it's just exciting. I'm, I'm really happy about it. And I feel like the characters that I'm playing fit me super well, which is really exciting for me, too. I'm very happy with games right now. Yeah. I've also been playing a game that is on Steam Early Access called Gunfire Reborn. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that, but I don't know what it is. It's a first-person shooter roguelike game. Oh, so I think you mentioned this you... last week. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, did I mention it last I week? So. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a, it's a fun game. Each time you play through it, it's quite different, as a roguelike would be. And there's different characters that you can pick as, and it takes maybe about an hour to maybe hour and a half to run through a full thing. And you can play with up to four people, so I, it's really fun. I've been playing with some friends. That's cool, I've been I'm playing having a blast uh, with that as well. Uh, I've been playing Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night finally, the, the the actual one. So I've been streaming that, and I'm just having a blast with that game. It just feels good. I good. love Metroidvania games so much. They're so much fun. So. Yeah, that this game is like it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and they just released Curse of the Moon Part Two, so I'll probably try to do that at some point in time too. So I played the first one already. I I beat the original. I beat the eight bit Curse of the Moon, but I've only played through it once. And I heard like when you play through it multiple times, it actually turns into there's like different ways that you can play it and make it very different. Uh, but uh, they released the second one, which I've been hearing nothing but rave reviews about. So. Okay. Yeah. But like I said, gonna try to get right. some Soul Calibur stuff going. Gonna keep trying to play uh, Bloodstained, and like I said, I'm gonna try to get to Resident Evil Seven again because I haven't finished that. <laughs> I still plan to do that and play that game with a mask on the entire time just to show That's people right. that it doesn't That's kill right. you. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, yeah, I, I need to keep working with Anime Lover, who is doing a lot of the work with the, uh, with the uh, the Marvel one, the the, the UMVC three Parsec stuff. So Indeed. I'll have to be working with him. I'm gonna try to work with him. Maybe also uh, uh, Andy OCR, who's been doing it with the Samurai Showdown stuff as well. So cool. There you go. Oh, Nathan, what are you doing? All right, man. What are you doing, Nathan? Well, it was gonna be a light day, and we knew that. You wanna anything else to say? For no. Now? I think I'm good. I'm just going to come right, and yeah. hug cats. So. Well, I'm going to go do the same thing as well. Of course, I have to drive home to do so, but eventually I'll be there. Yeah, well, you brought Ajax with you. He just crawled onto the table a couple of times. Oh, he, yeah, he already so, drove home, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah I'll yeah, be meeting him there. Okay, okay. So. Yeah, he took, he took his own car today. Oh, okay, okay, nice. So he drove home already? Okay. He already drove home, yeah. Who is driving car? Cat is driving car. Okay. All right. Um... Alrighty then. Uh, Alrighty. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Give him a bird. Oops, I lowered the volume on that, so let's start again.
make some ramen for myself. I've been steeping an egg in some very tasty, hard, two hard-boiled eggs in soy sauce and mirin and sriracha and brown sugar for like three hours. And it's going to be so good in this ramen, you guys. I'm super stoked. It actually sounds hella good. <laughs> it's going to be really good.